Rupert, welcome. Thank you. Rupert, what led you to first start uh, questioning uh, Darwin's theory of evolution? I suppose that uh, what I'm questioning isn't so much Darwin's theory of evolution as the neo-Darwinian theory of evolution. Um, the idea of evolution is really something I deeply believe in and find the best way of looking at things. Um, the problem with neo-Darwinism, the present uh, orthodoxy in biology, is that it's narrowed down Darwin's vision, which was already somewhat more narrow than it needed been, um, and focused only on material inheritance, uh, material influences of organisms. And when I've reread Darwin, I found that Darwin himself was extremely interested in the power of habit. He believed that organisms inherited habits, that their, uh, their forms and uh, their development was shaped by habit. Um, and Darwin, in a word, was basically a Lamarckian when it came to thinking in terms of the power of habit and evolution. And that aspect of Darwin's work um, I find myself very much in sympathy with, but it's a side of Darwin that's very much forgotten today. And who was Lamarck? Lamarck was the early uh, 19th century, late 18th century, French evolutionary philosopher. He uh, preceded Darwin by you know, 50 years or more in thinking of evolution. But his idea of evolution was that it happens by the habits of things. Giraffes run out of food, they stretch up to eat the leaves off trees, and through stretching, and the habit of stretching up to eat trees' leaves, um, their necks get longer, they, they get stretched, and therefore there's a tendency for them to get longer in subsequent generations. So the um, elongation of the neck of the giraffe is through the habit of stretching repeated over many generations. Now, Darwin believed that too. Um, it's an idea ridiculed in modern biology because the idea is the only way they got longer necks was by pure chance mutations. Just by chance, even though they liked eating the leaves of trees, they got a longer neck. And then the ones that by chance had longer necks survived better. I mean, that has a certain plausibility to it. It may be part of the truth. But both Darwin and Lamarck emphasised the importance of habit in evolution. And in that, I think they were... Um, they were correct. I just think that they didn't go far enough. I think that it's not just uh, an important principle in the evolution of life, but that habit may be at the very root of the evolution of nature as a whole. Uh, you, uh, since we started off with Darwin and, and neo-Darwinism, uh, it occurs to me, and as you've also, uh, I think, painted so well in the early stages of your book, The Presence of the Past, uh, that we're all coming from a conditioning and a history and an acculturation to a certain way of viewing the world. Mm -hmm. And it involves not only Darwinian uh, views, but even preceding Darwin, uh, Platonic, Plato and, and Descartes and Newton. And perhaps mm -hmm. you could talk a little bit about uh, where science has come from and where it is now and, and why uh, morphogenesis may have a, a, a place. Yes, when you see my whole approach, which is both evolutionary and paying attention to the power of habit, means that we have to look at thought and the development of science in the same way. And Thomas S. Kuhn, in his idea of scientific paradigms, which are shared models of reality, basically shows that science can easily fall into ruts of habit, and, and uh, the assumptions scientists make um, tend to become habitual. And when they're habitual, they usually become unconscious. 
And the interesting thing is that um, in science, the science we've inherited from the last century, um, we basically inherited two conflicting habits of thought about nature. One is the evolutionary idea. The, we believe that human societies evolve, technology evolves, science evolves, and that the whole of life evolves. Well, this is obviously a highly plausible view that I, I myself and many other people find the best way of looking at things. But we've not only inherited that view, but also another view from physics and a tradition of thought rooted in ancient Greece and Plato and Pythagoras, um, that eternity is uh, the universe is basically changeless. It's made up of a constant amount of matter and energy governed by eternal laws. And this was embodied in the idea of the universe as an eternal machine that wasn't evolving at all. If anything, it was running out of steam, running down towards a heat death when the machinery would freeze. Um, so we've grown up...